welcome to Drilling Deep. I am your host, John Kingston, and we are the place where we drill deep into two things. First, because you got to drill to get oil out of the ground and you need oil to make diesel, we drill into that to keep the market apprised of what's going on in that world. And because there's a lot of other interesting stuff going on out there, we drill deep into some other issue of the day. Today, we've got a combatant in the broker versus driver war that's been going on out there. You see these street protests. You see videos. It's getting a little nasty. So our guest is going to give his perspective from the broker side of things. Just hang on and you'll hear from him in a few minutes. First, as we always do, let's talk about oil. We're going to start with a number, 145.8 million barrels. That's the number of barrels of ultra-low sulfur diesel that were sitting in U.S. inventories at the close of last week. There are only a few times in the history of the market when the U.S. has held more ULST in inventory than that, and that was just for a few weeks at the start of 2017. You need to remember that you know, diesel is kind of a seasonal thing because it's a distillate. Companies make a lot of refiners make a lot more heating oil as winter approaches. Sometimes they'll get more diesel with that. So the fact that those inventories were that high at the beginning of a year is not that stunning. The fact that they're that high now, as summer's about to begin, about to begin, is really, really significant. So you've got a lot of inventories right now. We've talked the last few weeks about why. Refiners really didn't want to make gasoline starting around mid-March as demand collapsed, as the quarantine began. So they switched their refineries as much as they could to making diesel, and they really made more than the industry could handle, so you had this big inventory build. But there are two things out there that are likely to end it. First, the amount of demand for diesel the Energy Administration, the Energy Information Administration reported the last two weeks has shown significant increases from where they were a few weeks ago. That's not surprising as the economy comes out of lockdown. The latest numbers were down a little bit from the prior week, but even so, they're not too far off from where they were at this time last year and the year before. Then on top of that, refiners have reversed course. They're now making a lot more gasoline for all the increased demand from drivers coming out of the the quarantine. And that ratio between gasoline and diesel production from a few weeks ago that was totally out of whack with historical norms is getting a lot more normal. Now, let me point out that refiners are running their refineries a little harder than they were before. So you're getting more total product, but the share of it that is diesel is dropping. So what's really interesting is how retail diesel prices in the midst of all this are doing pretty much nothing. For the 19th consecutive week, the DOE price, the one that's used as a basis for fuel surcharges, that was down when it was published last Monday by less than one cent. Our data in Sonar shows that retail prices are hardly budging. Meanwhile, crude prices are surging with WTI climbing more than 55% just since May 1st as the U.S. and others keep cutting production. And meanwhile, retail diesel is just sitting there, maybe drifting a little lower or holding steady. This is all happening as demand rises and refiners start to move away from it as their fair-haired boy that they want to make lots of. And the only thing you can really come back to on why that's happening are these inventories. Diesel inventories for this time of the year are just unprecedented, and that is going to make any move higher tough to get by. Can the DOE price next next week drop for the 20th consecutive week. Right now, you know, the the data would say it probably wouldn't, but I've been wrong before on this. So this is kind of like this big running game. I was sure it was going to go up last week, but it didn't. So who would have thought that one of the most stable commodities in the world of commodities right now would be diesel? 
I certainly never saw that one coming, but obviously this is one of those quiet periods, sort of a groundhog day time when it's very good for drivers. It has been a pretty few hostile weeks or months maybe in the relationship between brokers and carriers. You know, it's always a relationship that's fraught with tension, but it's really spilled into the streets recently with protests from truckers in many different parts of the country. Some of these are very visible. They are targeted at brokers with signs uh, alleging all sorts of activity by brokers, uh, gouging. And they even caught the ear of President Trump, who said recently that truck drivers were getting gouged, quote unquote, that's his term. And he certainly wasn't targeting shippers when he said that. So all of this resulted in Bob Voltman, the head of the Transportation Intermediates Association, which is the Broker Trade Association. He took the unusual step of releasing a video defending brokers. You can read about that on FreightWaves.com. And uh, then the other day in our mailbox here at FreightWaves, we got a, a well-written, very thorough sort of uh, guest editorial suggested by Steve Moss. Steve is the general manager of DTS Logistics in Billings, Montana. Uh, it defended his industry, and I thought, you know, I want to get him on Drilling Deep and talk to him there. Steve has agreed to join us today, so welcome, Steve. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. So, Steve, you've been in the industry a long time. Uh, you've seen ups and downs. You've seen high rates. You've seen low rates. Uh, you've seen hostility. Is this any different, or is this just another one in the cycle? And does it maybe get magnified somewhat because of social media? Yeah, I think it does get magnified because of social media and also it seems to be more volatile or, or higher uh, at this time. Uh, my guess is probably because of the, the COVID thing going on, COVID-19, uh, and just the anxieties and things. Everybody seems to be a little bit under pressure and, and feeling it. Well, a lot of people are feeling anxiety. You know, I forgot to ask you, can you describe DTS Logistics and the kind of businesses you're in? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, DTS Logistics, we are a domestic freight forwarder, uh, which on the surface, we act as a broker. Uh, and what we do is we specialize in LTL refrigerated of frozen and chilled shipping. So we ship all across the country. Um, we shipped out of, I think, 43 states last year and into 49, or I'm sorry, 48. And yeah, it's a, it's a real specialty market that we're in. We love it. It's great. Uh, but my background in history, uh, I've seen the ups and downs, like you said, with brokers and, and just wanted to reach out and, and put a different perspective on it. All right. So what would you, if you sat down with an angry driver right now, and there's certainly no shortage of them, what would you tell them? Well, uh, one of the things I'd tell them is probably the unrealized uh, benefits that brokers give. Certainly there are some bad, bad actors in, in the industry, but the benefits are, you know, the broker is the salesperson for the small trucker owner operator. And we have a pretty important uh, part in, in doing that work for them. Uh, in addition, brokers don't necessarily set the rates. The market, the shippers, and actually the bigger carriers are the ones that set the rates. And uh, what are you finding right now as far as how good the business is? I think the, the complaint of a lot of the drivers is that the business has been pretty good for the brokers. They're kind of keeping the money to themselves. Their margins are very good. Uh, how does that stack up against what you're seeing in the real world? As far as my company goes, our margins are down uh, since the COVID started. Uh, and 
what I'm seeing from the trucks with the, doing the LTL refrigerated like we do, we actually reach out to the truck and get a rate to them before we quote our customer. And I've seen the, the carrier rates to us decline also. So they're lowering their rates as, as this moves forward. Now, you know, one thing you hear, again, we talked about social media, you hear there's a battle within the, the driver community too. You know, people who are screaming at the brokers and others who are just saying, if you don't like the rates, stay home. Are you, there are all sorts of indications that there are people staying home, but we can't know for sure. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that these rates are low enough that they're tightening capacity? Uh, like you have read about it, I have not seen it with any of the carriers we use. Uh, their capacity seems to be there. And well, there is one carrier though that, that isn't servicing a in a in a sorry an area that we we ship out of because they've lost some of the business due to the the COVID. They don't get to that area, so we've had to adjust there. But other than that, I haven't seen it in my part. I'm sure it's happening in other areas though. All right. Well, let's take a typical lane. Why don't you think about a lane that your company is very busy in, where you get a fair amount of information on the the size of the rates? You know, how far in that lane? We'll, we'll call it lane A. You don't have to tell me the, the the destination and the origin points, but we'll say in lane A, how much have drops risen? How much have excuse me have rates fallen? And uh, are you seeing any sign that they bottomed and starting to move up? Yeah. So one of the big lanes we do uh, is California to the East Coast in. Uh, the carriers we use on that, I've seen rates go from, well, they've dropped about between 40 and $60 for a single pallet, which is significant when you're shipping a single pallet. So, so where, where would it have been, where would it have been prior? Let's see, 40 to $60 off of what? What was maybe a, a recent high? Uh, the recent high, the highest we've done was about $720 for a pallet on that lane. And I'm seeing like six sixty four, I believe, is what the last one I got was. And of course, let's remember that food is a is a, a product right now that really isn't getting the hit that a lot of other things have gotten. That a lot of these food shipments are staying pretty good. I just uh, watched a, a discussion panel yesterday at the Wolf Research Group, and you know there were people on there like uh, the the head shipping guy at Del Monte. He said, hey, you know what? Our business is fine. So so food would have taken less of a hit. But let me just ask you about the uh, the, the, the care and tender, uh, the, the recruitment and care and uh, retention of carriers that you use as, as a broker. What do you do to just sort of keep them happy, not just beyond what you pay them, but uh, where you know that they, they'll want to come work for you and you'll want to hire them? Twofold answer there. One, the carriers that we use, we've been working with for 10 and 20 years. We seldom set up a new carrier just because of the uniqueness of what we do currently. In the past, as a broker, uh, we try and I've tried to build relationships, especially with owner operators. They're, operators, they're the best to work with. They're invested. They work hard. They, they do a good job. They're generally really reasonable to work with. And always try and pay them more. We reach out to them. Uh, one of the things I like to do is get to know the carrier, get to get to know the driver and and who he is. And I've dealt with owner operator, operators where I know their family names, their kids. You know, get real close and build a relationship. And how? What are they thinking these days? Are they angry? Are they just kind of resigned and hoping for better days ahead? Uh, yeah, some of them are resigned. Some of them are absolutely angry. Uh, again, and I apologize, I don't deal with a whole lot of owner-operators with our current, uh, currently what we do in our specialty in the LTL refrigerated, uh, just because it's it's a niche market, 
you kind of need terminals and, and multiple trucks to do it. So it's not an owner operator dominated field. Right. Now you, you probably saw the Bob Voltman video um, where he you know, took to YouTube, something he normally doesn't do, the TINA normally doesn't do and say, look, you know, here's, here's how it spells out. Did, what was your reaction to that? Were you, did you think that was a, a very needed aggressive step uh, to get the broker story across? And maybe it hasn't really gotten across in the past. Yeah, I thought it was very good. He made some great points and worded it really well. It was aggressive, uh, but it's being aggressive, pushed aggressively on the other side too. And the biggest fear, I think, from Bob and, and myself and many in the industry is that people are asking for regulation and that's not a good place to go. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of owner operators probably feel that, though I, I have to say that, you know, OIDA has made a couple of demands and one of them was, uh, that from my perch, seemed relatively reasonable that there'd be an automatic sending of all of the records of a transaction from the broker to the carrier. And the funny thing was at the same, about the same time that OIDA made that, def- made that demand, I had written a story about a law case about a lawsuit that was ultimately uh, decided against the driver, but it was also over the issue of releasing records. What would be the big deal? Why would it be so difficult for you when you when you hire a, a, a third party to, to move freight, why you just don't send them some of the key documents? That seems to be a fairly reasonable thing that they're asking for. Tell, tell me that I'm wrong. Well, it, you know, that'd be akin to asking any company to share their their secrets their their rates and and that kind of thing it's it, that stuff what what a broker makes is private information on the flip side of that and kind of what I talked about in that article I sent was a lot of times a broker will lose money I've lost big 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 money on loads and that's not something I want carriers to see either I don't want them to see hey this guy's willing to throw out a bunch of money to get this lane moved so there's there's a there's a whole other dynamic that's not even looked at from that aspect. All right, so this seems to be, unless this happens legislatively, a non-starter. Certainly, in terms of broker willingness to to, to meet that request of OIDA. Of course, OIDA is just one trade organization. But you also talked about um, in the in the, the op-ed piece you sent us. You said, "I believe the current outrage over rates comes from the abruptness of the decline." Uh, you've been around a long time. How abrupt is this compared to times in the past? Oh, it was really abrupt. I mean, it went from starting to starting to build up. I know 2019 is was kind of rough, and 2020 was beginning to get going. Uh, to it just dropped off a cliff in a lot of markets, not every market. Uh, and the carriers, the owner operators, were seeing those quickly. You know, when I think one article I read, uh, the carrier was making fourteen or sixteen hundred on a lane, and it dropped down to. I don't remember exactly six or 800. So it was a big drop. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, if you're seeing your rates go from those numbers down to down to what they are there, that's that's tough to swallow. Are you of the are you of the mindset that I keep seeing in the industry is that all of this, all of these problems, these low rates, companies parking trucks, angry owner operators, whatever, are just simply setting up the market for a, a tightness at the end of the year and maybe into 2021? Well, absolutely. Uh, you're going to see carriers go go out of business from this, and there's there's going to be a capacity crunch. Um, Noel, Noel Perry. Thank you. I couldn't quite yeah. grab it there. Uh, Noel Perry just showed that there's going to be an unprecedented number of trucks come off the market, and that's going to be followed by an increase in in the uh, 
the the economy where there's also going to be an unprecedented capacity crunch. So that's going to happen. It's going to turn, and the carriers will have the higher the higher ground and be able to command more freight, more more rates. Yeah, you would you would imagine the protests might die down then because everybody will be so busy. Quite possibly. Yeah. So uh, let me just ask you, uh, you know, the, the the numbers on the brokerage business right now that we're seeing in publicly traded companies, either the standalone 3PLs like C.H. Robinson or the brokerage division of a truckload carrier, um, you know, they're, they didn't have a great first quarter. Uh, how's the second quarter looking? I don't follow that a whole lot. So I apologize. I, I, I probably couldn't answer that. But just for your own business. Intelligently. For our own business, uh, first quarter was good. Second quarter's down. It's It's been down quite a bit. Uh, we're still making a little bit of money, but it's not where we need to be. And and that's and again, that's to the point that you're, you're hauling a product that we know hasn't really declined in demand, which is food. Yep. Because, it's, you know, as an Italian or Jewish grandmother would say, you got to eat. <laughs> so, um, and, and, you're, and you're seeing a tough time. So that, that kind of tells you a lot. Oh, it does. Uh, part of that, you know, groceries are good, uh, but the restaurant industry has taken a hit. And that's where we've seen our biggest hit is from the the customers that service the restaurants. Right. So uh, what would be your advice? And I'm going to kind of come back to a question I asked earlier, your advice to companies who need to cultivate a, a good relationship with, with drivers. What the kind of things should they be doing? In the years that I've been in this, I've seen the way drivers are treated by brokers, by shippers, by receivers, uh, denied bathroom privileges, drivers. And I've been a driver. I've driven a truck. I've been over the road. I've been out for a week, two weeks at a time. I know what it's like out there. And they're not treated well by anybody, sometimes even their own company. And the, one of the things I try and do is I try and treat I treat them well. I talk to them like a person, not talk down to them. Uh, I work with them when a problem comes up. I I do my best to build a rapport and a relationship with them and be somebody they want to come to. Well, very good. And uh, hopefully that will be some advice that will be taken by others. Hopefully. Okay. So, Steve, we want to thank Steve Moss for joining us today on Drilling Deep. Steve is the general manager of DTS Logistics. He reached out to FreightWaves to kind of get his point across about the situation, uh, the kind of the current war. I'll call it a war. I mean, it spilled out into the streets between uh, brokers and drivers, though it seems to be the, the drivers are doing all the shooting for the most part, <laughs> not so much the brokers. But I'm glad that that you and people like Bob Voltman are speaking up so you know, we can get both sides of the story. So I want to thanks, thank everybody for listening to Drilling Deep this week. Drilling Deep it's part of the Freightcast family of podcasts or Freightways. You can find us on all of the major podcast platforms, including Apple and Spotify. Thanks again for joining us. I'm John Kingston. Thanks, John.